Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. All right, guys, we finally made it. Game of Thrones season eight. We are going to be talking about the new reunions, new politics, and John's heritage revealed. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now let the buzz. We made it. I cannot believe we are finally here. We have been waiting for this for so long, mm-hmm. and we are here. You guys, I'm your host, Anna K. Thomas, but I am not alone. To my left, please introduce yourself. Jeremy Dan, yes, professor, professor of business at USC. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Tara Erickson. Yes, so we have Tara joining us today. Welcome. Mm-hmm. We're so happy you're yeah, here. Yeah, I'm happy um, to be here. Our buds, Kristen and Ryan, are actually gone. They are in Boston, Massachusetts at an actual castle doing a live watch and an after show for Xfinity. So you guys can follow them on Twitter, um, follow them on Instagram, and see all of their coverage. We salute them. We're so excited to watch that ourselves. We've been busy with God yeah. all day. And we have some sweet picks. Are we putting <laughs> We have some up? sweet picks. I'll show you that a little bit later. Okay. We're going to, oh, we can show them now, actually. Um, so this is uh, pictures of them in inside the castle. Very cool. It's on the waterfront. Very spooky. A lot of hallways, candlelights. There's a little mini throne. There's our buds, Kristen and Ryan. Mm-hmm. Looking good. Themselves. Looking great. Yeah. Awesome. They're good looking people, by good the way. Good looking. Uh, I don't, Ryan being Ryan? What, I don't even know what's going on there. He's wearing some sweet, <laughs> sweet, like, gauntlets. He has, some, he has some kind of armor on, actually. Oh, my. Oh, look at them oh with the map. A goodness. live version of the map. That is so cool. And the, wow. the house banners behind them. Having a great time. It's amazing. It's amazing. So good luck to them. We know they're having a, a wonderful, wonderful time. And we miss you guys. We can't wait to have you back next yeah. week and for the rest of our season. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be talking about these new meetings, reunions, new politics. John's heritage finally revealed. But first, I want to hear you guys, your overall thoughts of season eight, episode one. Jeremy, what do you think? For something that did not have the big action sequences, it was really enthralling. And I was really pleased with the writing. I think they did a great job of uh, bringing some chemistry to different characters and and different kinds of scenes than we've seen before. It was actually a really comfortable and funny episode in a lot of ways, and then uh, pretty terror-filled. The night is dark and filled with terrors, and uh, we saw that. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a slow-moving episode. It was not. It got to the meat, but also felt like a roller coaster on that dragon. I enjoy roller coasters, so (laughs) I was all for the ride. I felt that. I felt that. Me too, right? <laughs> that should be a ride. We talked about that. Like, that should actually be, like, a Disney or should Universal ride. ride. I don't know. They should partner. Like, like the Harry Potter ride, you mm-hmm. know? Um, okay, let's jump right into our first topic. I want to talk about these meetings and reunions. We have people who have been... We've been waiting for them to meet for seven, eight seasons. We have reunions, people who didn't know other people were alive and well. Um, I want to start with Arya. Arya re- reunites with a lot of people in this episode. Mm-hmm. John, I have a still of that um, coming up in just a second. So Arya and John, we see. And then we also see Arya and Gendry. Mm-hmm. Um, she also meets the Hound again. So what would, how did you guys feel about, Tara, how do you feel about Arya's reunions with so many people? Um, well, I feel like it was weird. I wanted 
it to be happier between her and John, but there was tension almost immediately. And I thought that it was going to be filled with like, I've missed you, which there was a little <laughs> bit of that, but then it was like kind of brand, like get back to it. Um, but uh, I feel like her thing with the hound, she didn't let that bother her. She was just like, brush her shoulders off and like move on to Gentry and let's talk about blacksmithing, uh, which I <laughs> thought was great. She just like skipped to it. I love her. I just adore her. I mean, the reunions all around are great. Um, moved quick. Yeah, one quick thing about that. Uh, shout out to Maisie for great acting in the opening sequence. When Without a line, as the procession was going by, she had amazing reactions and just little smiles and everything else and uh, just conveyed these great notions just by her Absolutely. expressions. And her, her acting with uh, Gendry, it was right out of kind of like 16 Candles or something. It was a very teen movie <laughs> and their chemistry, you know, the line, which was something like, don't you know any other rich girls? Uh, that was a really funny chemistry building uh, yeah. situation. A reunion that I really like and want to talk about is the reunion between Aria and John. Um, we have a still of that too. And I love it because we actually see Arya coming to Sansa's defense. And we're not really used to that. They have their, their own, like, sibling rivalry. Um, so it was kind of nice to see when Jon said, oh, where were you? I could have used your help with Sansa. And she says she's one of the smart- she's the smartest person I've ever met. So it was nice to see Arya stand up rather than be so combative. And it really shows the family the Stark family trying to stick together in tough times. She's sowing the legit respect post the uh, execution uh, in the main (laughs) Mm -hmm. hall and uh, has, has really gained that respect. It's probably a few just weeks since then. And, uh, and she's on Sansa's side. Yeah. I think it's a great line when she says she's fighting for our family. And then John is like, well, me too. But (laughs) Arya's like, "Eh, no. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) How about the reunion between Jamie and Bran? So we're cutting to the end of the segment. It's still in this sort of topic, but Mm -hmm. thoughts on that? It was a powerful scene. What do you think, Jeremy? Oh, Bran. Yeah. Yeah, Br- Brienne. We want to see oh, Jamie yeah. and Brienne. No, I was saying yeah. Jamie and Brienne. Oh, God. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> again, another scene where just the stare. And there was that blank stare from Bran coming across. Bran, using his extra sight with his mm-hmm. third eye, probably mm-hmm. knew he was coming, knew where to position himself right in that courtyard. Um, I actually have a prediction related to this, so I'll hold on Save to some of later. that. But, but it's going to be uh, some interesting stuff we saw in the previews. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like because Jamie doesn't know that he's a three-eyed raven type deal and doesn't know about all of his powers that I wonder, I wonder if, I don't know. I think he probably feels weird about like, does this kid remember? Because he looks a lot older. <laughs> and is like, I know this and more. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Jamie, words Jamie, come out. Jamie was pretty shocked. He He knew the deal. He went like... If one guy was going to see me, this is not the guy who wanted to see me. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you do we assume that Jamie knew Bran was alive like through the grapevine but just thought he'd never see him again because so much has happened in the last 7 years, you know, 7 years in our time, who knows how long in their time. Do you think that Jamie just wasn't it, it was shocking because he not not that he thought Bran was dead, but that he just thought Bran was a distant memory in his past. Well, the Raven Network seemed to be working really well for right. most of the season, but Samwell did not know about the death of his uh, family. And if uh, Jamie Lannister did not know about the Starks returning to Winterfell somehow, it was surprising. But if Samwell didn't know, then maybe Jamie didn't know. Absolutely. We have a still of Jamie um, right there. <laughs> nice expression. Who just shocked. I mean, he is just absolutely shocked that there Bran is. Mm-hmm. And then Bran, like you said, even when John sees Bran for the first time, he's like, you've grown older. Mm-hmm. Bran's like... You're a man. 
Almost. Almost. <laughs> I was like, so, it's so Bran, though. Yeah. And shout out to Kristen, because I know Bran is one of her favorite, favorite characters, so it's nice to see him sort of being played out and that storyline being played out. So yeah, yeah, Jamie and Bran, and um, you're hoping for a Bran uh, and Jamie reunion at some point? We'll talk about it Yes, later. indeed. We'll talk about it in predictions. Any other meetings and reunions that... You know, we're going to talk about the politics in mm-hmm. a second, but any other meetings or first-time reunions that you were excited to see? Uh, the Cersei and Euron reunion and uh, mm-hmm. we'll first date yeah. was pretty awesome. We, we want to talk we'll about, about the, the politics. politics. Yeah. Okay, then I'll, I'll mention uh, Yara and Theon. Yeah. I think yeah. just that lineless uh, scene where he comes in. First of all, just a, a random mention. I think we remembered what a good archer Theon is. I think that's pretty damn cool. That's the guy that he he used that in the first couple of seasons quite a bit and uh, made a badass raid on that ship, regular (laughs) Marines. And uh, then the the wordless reunion with the headbutt, and then they were back to being brother and sister after that. And that that was great, and she respects his moves, wanting to go to Winterfell and fight for his second family. Mm -hmm. He fought for his first family, and... Now he wants to fight for his second family. Yeah, and he yeah. betrayed both families, coincidentally. So he betrayed the Starks, betrayed his own sister, and now we see Theon, even with the Rick on and all of that stuff, we see the Enrique, gosh, so much. Theon's been through a lot. He's been okay? through a lot. But we see him sort of coming around. So, Tara, what do you think about... That was yeah. one of my, That was a great move of <laughs> Yara just knocking him out and then extending her hand. I love that because you're like, oh, he kind of deserves it for uh, not saving her on the boat, I feel like. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, I, I love that moment. I think it's a great moment. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, anything else, any other meetings, reunions, we're going to talk about some politics. We can jump right into that actually. Um, let's talk to about the meeting between, we'll jump into news and politics. I want to hit it off with Sansa and Danny. So we have a still of that in the Winterfell courtyard. What an epic scene. Okay. So this is. Danny coming into the northern, the northern folk are like, who is this chick with blonde hair and dragons? Mm-hmm. And how did you how did you guys feel? We've been waiting for this meeting for a long time. Uh, Sansa has learned a lot from Cersei Lannister. We see that in the way she maneuvers. And I think uh, if we she was kind of channeling the way that uh, Cersei was uh, removed in the early scenes at Winterfell, which this harkens back to. Uh, she's definitely a player, definitely political. They're still referring to her as the, the Lady of Winterfell, meaning maybe, you know, John yielded it and is a part of the army now and, and maybe is is now not the Lord of Winterfell. I, I don't know how that played out politically, but that Sansa and uh, Daenerys dynamic will be very interesting. I actually think we might be, I mentioned this to you guys when we were viewing it, the writers might be setting us up with these early um, kind of headbutts uh, to think there will be a conflict between them, and, and maybe then we'll really see uh, girl power come to light and them really collaborating. I hope so. One can hope, right? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, the look up and down that Sansa <laughs> gave her, I was like, what? It's like watching, I don't know, a reality TV show that I don't even watch, but I'm like, I think that's what they do. Uh, I was really just surprised by that. That Yeah, I think she, she probably did learn a lot from the Lannisters, but... 
I think just deep down she was, I think she was a really good leader when she was there solo in Winterfell. Like she really proved her worth. And now there's just this like this new blonde queen stepping in with a bunch of dragons that I think she just hasn't, she doesn't know how to deal with it yet. Even the little quips, right? When they're in the Great Hall and Sansa's talking about the food, you know, Mm. how are we going to feed all these armies and all those men? And she's like, and the dragons, like what do they even eat? Yeah. And Danny's like, whatever they want. Yeah. And them sort of side eye each other. That's an eighth grade Poor John is sitting right in the middle, like, oh my god, FML, like, what have I, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> These two strong women, and it's interesting to see. We're gonna, I, as the show unfolds, the season, I think we're gonna see one of those women having to step down. Who's it gonna be for the greater good of everyone? I don't know. We'll save it for predictions. Um, another political, you know, issue is the North being very upset that Danny is now in Winterfell, calling herself queen. Um, we see uh, Lady Marmont um, get very, you know, feisty. Yeah. She's very feisty anyway, but we see her get very disdainful, very spicy, mm-hmm. spicy and feisty. Um, how do you guys feel? What side are you on? Do you kind of do you feel like you're you you see where every, everyone's coming from? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I, I would have. <laughs> you know, they know the wall has been pierced. They've heard about that. They've had the the ravens, or, or uh, actually, Bran revealed it as well, claiming we don't have time for this and the petty squabblings. Uh, Lady Liana, I mean, she's a strong figure. She made some of the strongest speeches earlier in support of John. Uh, she's gained the political capital to not be supporting him if she wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also see uh, Jan Royce of the the Vale kind of looking a bit uh, skeptical of of John's approach. We hear about Lord Glover. And keep, mm-hmm. keeping his men up at, at Deepwood Moat, and and we'll see the effect of that. I mean, they, I don't think his 500 or 700 men were going to make that much of a difference. It's about the honor. But, it's about the yeah. stance. It's about loyalty, yeah. which the North has always been loyal through and through. We saw with Ned from season one. Right, but it's like they're, they're freaking out about Lord Glover's men where I get John's argument in the sense of like, I brought thousands of people and dragons, you know? <laughs> Dothraki, I'm like, hello. Horses. Yeah. It, so it, I don't really understand why they're still upset about it. It's like, if I saw a dragon, I'd be like, cool, I'm going to be on their side Yeah, now. I'm on that team. Sign right? me up for that. Sign me up yeah. for dragons. Should we have kept this army where the grain was, you know, yeah. if you're worried about feeding them? We, we, you know, I, I can go back and feed them if you mm-hmm. want. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. And another interesting element in the politics, um, I, I think uh, uh, the Onion Knight, uh, Davos, is one of the most astute readers of people. I mean, he mm-hmm. even states... Uh, you know, uh, I don't know many things, but I know people. And he's the one that's suggesting the union uh, of the official union, so to speak, of mm-hmm. of John and Danny, because he could probably see the look on the eyes and hear the little bit of grumblings and know this maybe needs to become more official. So the North knows they are fully a part of this political union. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that. I think that's so true. Um, another little political change we see is with Cersei and Euron. We have a still of that. Not how I thought it was going to play out. I was a little shocked when uh, we cut to them waking up from bed together. Um, but there's a lot of political implications for this. Cersei has sort of promised Euron her hand in marriage after the war. I don't know. Do you think this changes things? Or do you think Cersei is still... Cersei's just kind of getting some... Feeling her needs, doing what she's got to do, and she's going to play out her plan? Or do you think she's going to actually develop real feelings and Euron is going to kind of sneak his way in a little more? I think she's too guarded. I think it's totally a plan of, if he didn't insist a second time, I'd, I think she would have been like, see you later. But um, Cersei always does what she has to do. And I think 
I don't know. I mean, she, I think she maybe only really liked it at the end when he was so confident. And she was like, confidence. I like that. <laughs> uh, I think that was sort of the turnaround of like, eh, I dealt with him over here in the bed. And now, great, he's going to leave eventually. But at the end there, I'm like, that little line there of like, I like that is, um, I don't know. It's weird. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. It was weird. It was it was weird. Cersei yeah. got her groove back. Cersei Is that got what her groove back. Oh my God. Uh, you know, she is a part of a family that remember she knows how quickly these alliances can change. Uh, uh, her father was allied to the Targaryen king, marched his troops in order to uh, relieve a siege. And when they opened the gates, he proceeded to sack the city himself. He knows that that fleet could, or she knows that that fleet could easily be turned upon her city, upon her interests. And if she just, you know, politics makes strange bedfellows. If by doing that, it keeps uh, him and her camp for weeks or months longer, uh, that's definitely, I hate to phrase it this way, an investment worth making, but that's the way she's uh, viewing this. Absolutely. Um, let's go back to Winterfell because we also had another little political moment with Tyrion and Sansa. So they've reunited. They haven't seen each other since Joffrey's wedding. And Tyrion, Tyrion makes a statement, you know, many have underestimated you, most are dead now. And Sansa goes on to say, like, do you really trust Cersei? Do you really think she's sending her army here to really help us? And I think that there's going to be some political battle between what Tyrion thinks is right and correct. He's led Danny in a very good path for the mm -hmm. last few seasons. I mean, he really has been an excellent resource for her. Um, but I think that Sansa and Tyrion are also going to have this sort of battle the same way that Sansa is with Danny about who's going to be right in this political strategy and this war strategy. So what was it like when you guys were watching Tyrion and Sansa reunite for the first time since Joffrey's wedding, where she ran away after Joffrey died? Yeah. Uh, I just, I feel like Tyrion, there was a couple times uh, that he led Daenerys in a, in a wrong way. And she was like, enough with all mm -hmm. the, the witty banter. <laughs> like, you've led me in a way that's killed a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's karma is coming around again for Tyrion, where I feel like he might be leading them astray. He may, he may trust that they're going to come and fight for him. But Cersei, ugh, she hates him so much. I just, I think Sansa has good instincts. Yes. So, she definitely does. And remember, Sansa has seen the example of her father, who was the play it straight politician, uh, then got a, a master's class with Cersei, then uh, uh, Baelish. I mean, she she has absorbed the best of the and, and plus Tyrion, who she, she said she admired as the, the, what, the most brilliant man alive, of sort of dismissively. She has had the master class of essentially some of the most intelligent, uh, manipulative people. Yes. And I, I think almost in a way she has more tools than Tyrion does now. And she thinks he's, yes, as you referenced, he's naive that uh, Cersei's going to be sending that army. She's already predicted it. Maybe because there's no Raven reports or anything like that. It'd be pretty easy <laughs> Where to figure out. Where are the Ravens gone? If, Where are they? If 15,000 uh, men were, were not on a march. But um, yeah, she is. she's at the height of her powers. Absolutely. All right, moving on to the White Walkers. So we don't see them, but there is an appearance when we see our poor little Umber boy in the at a at a, oh my gosh, I can't even talk because it's so jarring. We have a still up about it right now. Um, this is a power play from the White Walkers. So I know you're big into White Walkers and the symbols. We've seen. Um, we don't have the expanded, but in the scene, he is. Um, 
pinned to a pinwheel of dismembered body parts, which we've seen before. I believe his Mance Raider said, they're quite the artists. <laughs> they're quite the artists. Um, yeah, major, major power play from the White Walkers and our real first sort of, their first formal appearance in this episode. Um, thoughts on this poor little boy getting his death like that? Have you seen the John Carpenter movie, The Thing? <laughs> yeah. cra- crazy, nutty movie. See it. See it if you haven't. But it totally reminded me of that or kind of the scenes from Aliens where the uh, the kid was pinned on the wall. They needed to light him up. And I just I, I, w- I was shaking from the beginning of that. I could I could tell what was about to happen. Uh, Those I, eyes I, opening yeah, you know, I, behind. I didn't kind of frame that in the, the framework of politics. I just framed that as like, oh, man, this is a little bit horror movie time. And if the White Walkers are bringing the horror movie down to uh, down to the south, well, <laughs> to the north, but uh, south of the wall. It, it's going to make for some very scary scenes, uh, some uh, sp- uh, spine-tingling viewing. <laughs> I'm literally, the, the uh, hair on my arms was raising up at that moment. That was yeah. nuts. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like the Nightwalkers are going to do some dead body crap circling a little bit more <laughs> down the road. We're going to see more of dead body crap circling with other people. I feel like it's just, it's it's such a statement here that I'm like, we have to see that again with I think more bodies and people. Yeah. Are they licensing that for T-shirts? That would be a oh money God. kind of Real. logo. Yeah, I mean, gross. <laughs> <laughs> professor Dan, I'm a business professor. Uh, right, I'm looking right? for the opportunity. Trying to make a buck, right? <laughs> yeah, I definitely think it was a power play by the White Walkers. I think they were trying to say, "Do what you can." You know, the poor little Umberboard was going back to rally his troops and his team and get his bannermen to go to Winterfell. And I feel like it was their sign of, like, try as you may, we will find you, we'll get you, we'll stop you before you can stop us. That was a major political move. They're now all in the army of the dead. They are. That's what John always said, you know, the the million in King's Landing, they're about to be a million in the army of the dead. Mm. The However many, probably just hundreds in, Mm. in the last hearth, in the army of the dead. Exactly. All right, our last little political uh, moment, huge moment. This is the episode, in my opinion. John and Sam reuniting down in the crypt. John finally finding out about his heritage. Huge moment. We were freaking out. Anyone who was on our live watch, our watch along, I mean, we were speechless. It was, we did not think it was going to happen this early on in the season, and then it did. Reactions to that. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all these shows for you free is by our amazing sponsors, and today Spotify is one of our sponsors. On Spotify, you can listen to all of your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Premium users can even download episodes to listen to offline, wherever they are, and you can easily share what you're listening to with all your friends and following on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for AfterBuzz TV on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure you follow us so you never miss an episode of AfterBuzz TV. Thoughts on that scene? Tara? So quick. (laughs) It just happened so fast. I thought maybe he, Sam, would just get overwhelmed about his dad and his brother dying, but he didn't, and and he found out it just all the information all at once. I don't know. It just was so fast. I assumed they would milk it, uh, but they didn't, and uh, (laughs) here we are. Uh, The fight for the throne begins already now. 
Yes, I thought they would milk that as well. I didn't see that coming, that reveal uh, in the first episode. Um, you know that I hope I hoped it would be re- revealed not just via the revelations, but via maybe a, uh, a Howland Reed appearance mm-hmm. and, and p- potentially a little later on. It came so quickly. It came so quickly on the the heels of him, the, the the revelation about the death of his family and especially his brother, who he really loved. And imagine that going from one experience right to the other. For the first time, I got a little sense of pettiness from Samuel Tarley, which maybe you you wouldn't blame him for. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Daenerys, in a way, is not his political ally in the way he thought she would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he can knock her down a peg or two, have John maybe be more ascendant, someone that he is definitely allied with. That's that's good for him politically. It's it's good for him from the pettiness point of view if he is not in line with the dragon queen and uh but we did just frankly a bit of a different side of him who's been one of the most selfless characters there's been absolutely we're going to talk more about john's heritage in a little bit but i just want to say thank you guys so much for tuning in uh tara's got a little message for you but anyone who's been in our watch along and who's here now we can't thank you enough so Tara, yeah guys thanks for making us the espn of tv talk um if you can please give us a like add some comments um please subscribe to the channel so you can stay in touch watch every episode because we love having you here i mean the best part i think about all of us being here at after buzz is to communicate with you guys see what you feel what you like about the show what we're saying we can pull from what you guys want us to talk about so make sure to like subscribe leave a bunch of comments follow us on the social meds too um (laughs) so that we can all stay in touch we're a big family over here yeah we are i love you guys it's been so much fun already (laughs) um jumping right back into season eight episode one I, we have to talk about John's heritage, okay? We talked about it a little bit with him and Sam meeting down in the crypts. Let's talk about him and that magical dragon ride, right? We mentioned mm. in our teases, but I just feel like what an amazing... Basically, so far, the show has set us up that only Targaryens can ride dragons. We see Danny mount her dragon, and then we see John, you know, hesitantly, but we see him mount the other dragon and then go for this epic ride. We were talking about how it needs to be made into like a universal ride or something. And there's real symbolism in that. They go on this magical ride, they end up in this, you know, ice waterfall, beautiful area. John and Danny are making out. Um, and that dragon gives John a little side eye. Mm-hmm. So, thoughts on this? as it relates to John's heritage and his history and who he is as a Targaryen. Wait, is that good side-eye or bad side-eye? Can you have good side-eye? I feel like it was side-eye, like, don't go close to my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, like you think stepkids can be tough? Like, <laughs> right. imagine having to, like, win over two dragons. Now, you know? which dragon was that? Did you did you notice? I didn't notice I which still, one it was. And I love the show, and I'm a diehard fan. I still can't Don't, tell the I difference can't tell between them. the it's two. It's the red tinge for Drogon. He has the little bit of red tinge. Okay, Drogon's always been the one that's more feisty, though. Yeah. Bigger. Historically, yeah. bigger and more feisty, and he's always been, like, the problem dragon. Yeah. Well, I remember last season when when John, when Daenerys landed, and John took his glove off and reached out very warily to, to touch the, the face of the dragon. And and she was intrigued. She was a little bit scared for him. Um, it, it was very interesting, her emotional reaction. When he was able to ride the dragon, I was actually surprised she embraced that because, as you mentioned, it kind of is a part of her special heritage, her power, her 
ordination as a queen. I mean, I'm queen of dragons. I have the power that no one else has. Mm -hmm. And if someone else is so welcomed in, maybe she's getting her own clues. But I I was, again, I was surprised that she wasn't more uncomfortable with that. She just embraced it. And speaking of the chemistry, it was a little bit of a, just a funny banter scene, uh, really interesting. But when you think about it from her political stance and her power stance, I would have felt more threatened if I were heard that this was happening so easily for Jon Snow. Interesting. You don't think that maybe, like Tara, do you think that maybe it was her letting her guard down saying, okay, my dragons accept him, therefore so should I? Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, I think them even going into Winterfell together is a big statement of, like, we are together, which is why Sansa's thrown shade. And then the dragon thing is, like, they're my children, so if they accept you, that's the biggest sign. Um, and I think in that moment, John was just so naive and kid-like where he's like, well, what if they don't want me to? Like, I don't know how to ride a dragon. And like, she just kind of giggles and is like, she's the queen of ultimatums. It's she's like, nice then I guess you. I'll see you later, John. I know. And you're like, what okay, so ride the dragon or never die. see me again. <laughs> right? Or die. <laughs> or die. It's yeah. like, it's so intense. And you're like, dang, Daenerys, you know, so you're Danny's cool. Danny's an intense woman. She's like, intense. she from day one has been, I mean, she kind of, with her brother like had to find her own power and even when mm-hmm. she was with the dark racky she's a woman that ate a horse heart for love for love she's used to those symbols of are you gonna take the dare and uh yeah yeah but the dragon side eye at the end so you think maybe it was like neutral or good i think it was i think there's gonna be some issues i'm not as perceptive uh as you in the world of romance i kind of didn't i couldn't uh, decode that that uh view I don't know. I mean, in my head, I'm like, do they know? Can they sense that maybe it's not right that they're together? That's a really interesting point. You know, like, he knows that he's a Targaryen because he has dragon blood in him, so that's why he can ride the dragon. But he doesn't know like, well, He knew 20 minutes later. (laughs) Right, but, like, that it's not right, you know, that they are together. That maybe they rule together, but not the... Not the other not stuff. As lover, not well, as lovers. Not the other stuff. They had the sister wives, whatever, 300, 400 years before. You'd think they'd be used to having a, a pack of uh, Targaryens on their backs. Oh, my right. gosh. I know. I we, know. We shall see. Yeah. Um, something else dealing with John's heritage is this relationship between Bran and Sam. And we see mm-hmm. Bran really urging Sam, the time is now, the time is now. We have to tell John. You have to tell John. Bran puts <laughs> it on Sam, poor Sam, to tell John. Why do we think Bran is doing this? And what's the urgency? Is it because the the White Walkers are coming? Is it because he thinks he should take power and and be able to unify? Why is Bran so fixated on the, the, the speed of this happening in this first episode? Uh, I, I'm boycotting that segment. I mean, just because you again, the reveal uh, happened inorganically. It seemed very odd that that Sam would tra- transition into that so quickly. Um, I mean, Bran has had a sense of urgency from the very beginning. His line, his line at the very beginning about how we have no time for this. Uh, I don't know to what extent it helps them in the defense of the North for John to know this right now. It 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 doesn't. It probably it could probably only lead to a division, so I don't know why Bran would push for it. I think Sam, as mentioned earlier, was feeling uh, a little down on Daenerys, doesn't mind to knock her down the peg, and it, maybe it's a little out of sorts. I, I don't see the continuity of that with some of the other decisions mm. uh, during the episode. But don't we think Bran knows all? I mean, he's the Three-Eyed Raven. Don't we think that the, there, even if we don't understand it now, episode one, that there is a plan 
and Brand has a plan, and we're, we should be down for that. You're not buying it. You're not Brand, buying it. Brand does not know all. He can find all. He's he's like a guy that has the ultimate Dewey Decimal System and can look it up when he knows what to look for. Right. He did not know about John's parentage until Sam told him what to look for. He has centuries, he has a lot of gaps that he could probably look for if he knows what is important. So... <laughs> ma- Emphasis. Yeah, maybe maybe he doesn't have the wisdom to be going along with the knowledge that he can gain. Yeah. Tara, what do you think? Yeah, I feel like Sam is probably at this point the best choice uh, for telling John because John and him had such a close relationship and he trusted him and they were both on the Night's Watch together. I don't know who else would have told him, honestly. I don't know who else I would have chosen unless it's Bran telling him himself, but... Brand's a little weird now. And John, I think, saw that after he <laughs> hugged him and was like, all right, dude, I don't get you, I think, anymore. But we're still my brother. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Sam is is the best choice to tell him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Brand, can he see into the... in As of the Three-Eyed Raven, I feel like he could change the trajectory of how the story goes in... in in regards to what he finds. So maybe he already found that if they were to fight together and not be torn apart, it wouldn't work well for them. I don't know. Maybe there has to be a fight for the throne in order for them to conquer the Nightwalkers. It can't just be everybody together because that's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, this is also the first time, speaking of John's heritage and him finding out the truth and him questioning who he is, this is the first time in a long time we've had all uh, Stark family members that are still sort of alive under one roof. And so it'll be very interesting to see how all of these siblings, you know, react to one another and treat each other as this sort of vie for the throne is being decided. We have not had a scene with all of them yet. We have not. Even Bran when was in the courtyard, I think. But even in the Great Hall, when Ar- he, he said, I wish you were there, Arya. I could have used you with Sansa. Mm. It'll be interesting. That would be an interesting dynamic. It'd be interesting chemistry. We've not seen them act together in any sort yeah. of way, I believe. Do we think that the four of them will need to come together somehow in order to brainstorm the next plan or, or move the, advance the story along further? 100%. I do. Yeah, they all have very different skills. They're yeah. very... They're, you know, they're like the X-Men. They all have very different skill- mutant powers they're bringing out. I know. It's very, very true. Um, I think it's time for some news and gossip. How do you feel about that? Let's, Let's do, it. do it. Oh, my gosh. You guys are right. <laughs> you guys, did you know that they had Game of Thrones Oreos? They sold out on Amazon actually within two days. But I found out that they are available at Target now. Yummy. I looked... Uh, And I also, I'm going to add the link right now in the chat if you guys are on there to an actual Oreos uh, beginning um, a video of the Game of Thrones um, title sequence made in Oreos, which I watched it twice. Uh, I'm a little bit obsessed. It's amazing to look at. And they spent a lot of time carving the Oreos. Uh, There's a whole article about it. Look it up. But also, there is Game of Thrones Adidas that you guys can get for all of the houses, which I think are awesome. They'll run you about 160 bucks, but uh, I 
think it'd be pretty cool <laughs> to have uh, some Adidas. The and business then, school prof in me really respects all this. All of it. All of it. <laughs> yes. And then lastly, they have a Johnny Walker black label scotch that's called White Walker. So you can enjoy some White Walker scotch while you watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> I prefer wine because, you know, wine and Game of Thrones just go together. But I might switch over to some White Walker. When you watch the sept blow up. Yes. Nice goblet sure. of wine. <laughs> nice, nice goblet. The whole goblet. All at once. Amazing. I think Jeremy Dan has a little information about uh, Jamie Lannister. Yes. Well, in the arts and culture department, uh, <laughs> Nicola Coster Waldo, after Game of Thrones, or after this season, because he's he's been done for a year with what he had to do, he is acting in Macbeth in the Geffen Playhouse uh, in Los Angeles. So cool. So if you're looking to do a vacation to L.A., and want to get your next Game of Thrones uh, uh, fix? Remember, Macbeth is a movie, a movie, a play of, from Shakespeare about murder and cover-ups. Pretty similar. Seems He's been studying for this for the hitting. last eight years. Yeah. So uh, it's November fifth through December eighth at the so Geffen Playhouse cool. in Los Angeles. So he, cool. He announced it on uh, Jimmy Kimmel the other night, but. Uh, Get your tickets now. It's going to be a hot ticket. I think we have to have like a field trip, and it's obviously research for this show. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to see that? All right, cool. And we have a special segment for you guys tonight. Really excited about this. There was a new opening sequence and a lot of hidden gems. And for my diehard fans out there, you definitely want to watch this part of our show. Take it away, Jeremy Dan, with our special segment. Yeah, I, I've always had total respect for their opening sequence. I, I love the way that geography has played a huge role in Game of Thrones, and they've emphasized the map, and we see the new castles and fortresses and regions being brought up from episode to episode. You know, every once in a while, I'd, I'd fast forward through it, but uh, it, it's always fun to watch it a couple of times a season. This one is a must-watch. So if you happened to uh, TiVo it, DVR it, and you're going to fast forward through it, don't. This is a must-watch. The changes, the way they get, go more granular inside of the different fortresses, inside of the castles, uh, huge. We also, I mean, we went through it for about 15 or 20 <laughs> minutes, freeze-framing a ton of stuff. It's really hard to see some of it. But um, the the bands, uh, the bands of uh, bronze or, or brass or whatever mm -hmm. they are that are similar to the Valerian ones... Valerian steel, in maybe. Old, maybe. In, in, Dare I say. <laughs> in, in Old Town, that's the way they tell their history. They circle uh, the roof uh, in, in the Citadel in Old Town. And we see uh, a picture of, and it looks like to us, of a dragon taking down the wall mm -hmm. using its uh, blue breath. Mm -hmm. to take down the wall. So that would be the very recent history, just uh, maybe days before we entered this episode. Absolutely. We also see something that was hard. Again, it's hard for us to tell. It sort of looks like a Nightwalker holding a, uh, or a White Walker, excuse me, holding a wolf's head, and there's a lion in the picture. Uh, there's a, a keep. I couldn't tell if it was Last mm -hmm. Hearth. Or if it was the twins, it looked like it kind of had two towers. Why don't you guys take a look at it? Let us know what you think. Uh, and then we see something that was very interesting. It looks to me, maybe to you guys too, like we have a sequence where we have on the band a big dragon and three smaller yes. dragons. Along with something that looks like it could be a shooting star. And... I start thinking what this could be. Are there new dragons, new new births to the dragon queen in our future? The uh, shooting star, is that a sun rising in the west per the prophecy of the witch that supposedly 
uh, cursed her and took her fertility. I mean, my mind is blown. My mind is yeah, uh, boggled. It... But th- I think uh, for for you, uh, big time Game of Thrones watchers, freeze frame this, analyze it, let us know what you think. Uh, we're definitely not the be all end all. We we couldn't tell what some of the images. I know, were. and I'm curious about this last image here with this dragon. I mean, there's a fourth dragon. Could it be Danny potentially birthing a fourth dragon? Could John be the father? Is there some sort of like? fire baby dragon magic that can happen again can luck strike Danny twice Mm -hmm. I don't know but I thought that was a really good catch um, from Professor Dan (laughs) and I thought that was so interesting I love the history behind the shooting star and all of that we also see one still before this we see the Iron Throne we haven't really seen this pop up in the credits in this way ever before very interesting that they're putting such a heavy focus on it in our opening credits. Yeah, all the the micro architecture uh, going down into the catacombs at Winterfell, going into the catacombs at King's Landing, where we see uh, the the large skull mm-hmm. of uh, Valerian the Dread. So, uh, and that was where the um, the uh, I'm missing it. The fight, the the green explosive fire. Yes. Yeah. What's the, the name of it? Dragonfire. No, the wildfire. Wildfire, Wildfire. Wildfire. thank you. That was where the wildfire was stored. So it's Mm -hmm. interesting that they're going below the cities and and showing that. We also see the last, um, I want to say hearth. Last hearth. But you say hearth. (laughs) Tomato, tomato. We see the last hearth, which is, of course, where our poor Umber boy uh, met his... His demise. I know. We go there one time. We go there and it's one a, time. It's a mass I, murder scene. I know, right? Like, hello. Um, I think. I don't that, think we'll see that again in the opening sequence. <laughs> I don't know if we'll see it again, but I think that Last Hearth might have a, there might be some more play there, maybe, mm-hmm. potentially. Some Nightwalker play. Who knows? Um, all right. Amazing. Great special segment. That was so interesting. Um, yeah, for our super fans out there, definitely make sure you go back and watch the opening credits and freeze frame that and see everything there is to see. Guys, Predictions. Oh I feel like I don't know. <laughs> now you're after Buzz TV. I feel like this could go in so many ways. Oh my god! So I love a good prediction here <laughs> at After Buzz. I thought this episode was ripe with different venues and ideas and paths that you could take. And for me, I was really, really excited. At the end with that scene with Bran and Jamie, I was really excited to see how Danny and Sansa will play out. But I want to hear about what you guys thought first. Jaden, what do you think? Well, I'm going to I'm gonna riff off of what you were just talking about, about Jamie. So uh, what's interesting about Jamie is he's been on, uh, for most of the show, a redemption arc with a couple of times he, he went lower. But he, he came north for the right purposes and in total alignment with all the people that are in the North to Mm -hmm. fight for the living. Bran is the one that spotted him from the beginning. We see in the, uh, the, the scenes from next week, he is, Jamie is accused and in the grand hall and Daenerys don't like him. The Starks (laughs) wouldn't like him because they don't like Lannisters number one. And Mm -hmm. because of the issue with Bran, but then we've also seen the trailer for the season, and we see Jamie fighting amongst the forces in some pretty pitched battles. So my prediction, maybe with a little bit of the spoiler happening, is that <laughs> somehow, whether it be Brienne testifying for him, or maybe even Bran, who knows more of the full history of his redemption tale and the fact that he had to to be the Kingslayer in order to prevent the burn them all from happening... Uh, Jamie will be redeemed by some people there and, and vouched for and somehow avoid uh, 
uh, avoid death and, and become in, an integral part of their strategy and their fighting force. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like Tyrion might step forward for him, too. I also feel like all the Starks will obviously come together like we already discussed. Will they, um, I think that they will. I think I think that they all have to come together. It'll happen in, in a weird, unfortunate way because I do believe that John bent the knee to Daenerys because he loves her and also because he doesn't think they can win the fight without her. But at this point, she is not a one to give up the, the throne or the crown easily. So that's going to be lots of drama. But I I feel like Sansa, <laughs> Arya, and Bran are already like, dude, you're the guy. And, like, she's not the girl. <laughs> I hope they can find a way to fight together. But I feel like the Starks are going to unite. And maybe they'll find a way to, to convince uh, Daenerys to fight with them and not be so, like, uppity about her crown. <laughs> Bend and everybody knee. bending the knee, Bend you know? The knee. The if roll. I had a shot for every time Danny said bend, bend the, the knee, knee or die, I mean, really, it's like every she's fixated on this idea of like totally. like power in the throne. Ultimatum lady. Even though she's seen the White Walkers herself, they have her dragon for crying out loud. Yeah. And she still is so fixated, even with Sansa, you know, I am her queen. And mm-hmm. like, she's so laser focused on this. I'm like, is she going to miss the bigger picture? Yeah, there's no way she's going to bend the knee. Well, definitely not next episode. Uh, she's no. not going to believe Bran. I mean, Bran is still thinking about it. who really believes Bran. Does anyone believe Bran? Mm. Bran is a drugged out emo kid. It, oh, it looks like more than anything that is else. So harsh on no, Bran. No, I mean, but that. But think about everyone else around there. You're the Jan Royce, the the leader of the the Knights of the Vale. Are you going to go? Oh yeah, I totally believe this. This totally <laughs> makes sense. Maybe, but Brian can get some credibility by, you know, as he did with uh, Littlefinger by revealing, you know, chaos is a ladder. You know, I he miss can gain gain that credibility. Ryan Malty does a really good Littlefinger impersonation. <laughs> yeah, really? Maybe he'll do it next week. Just Sansa. for like old time sake. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm a bit confused. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit confused. <laughs> I'm a bit confused. Um, very interesting. Thoughts on this kind of a quieter scene in this episode of Quiborn and Braun. And uh, Quiborn giving him this sort of ultimatum, saying, you know, cer- not an ultimatum, but sort of a command from Cersei about killing what we think is Tyrion and Jaime, killing the brothers. I cannot see this happening. On no planet do I see Bronn kill Jaime, I don't know, he's sort of a wild card. Bronn will never kill Tyrion, ever. Like, I have a very strong stance on this. Do you guys agree, disagree, thoughts? I, I don't know, in the comments, let me know if you think that's real. I just felt like that was such an absurd thing to ask him to do. But he's going to get a castle. Talk about <sighs> the only thing we've heard more than uh, bend the knee to Danny is, where's <laughs> my, my castle? castle? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I don't think that will happen. But I can understand why she wants it. She knows about uh, the prophecy of the Valonqar and the fact that the little brother little sibling is due to be her destroyer so maybe she's playing against that she does view both of these people as betrayers of her and the family i mean she really laid out a great argument against Tyrion for one well she's never liked Tyrion. i uh, mean seriously has been out for Tyrion since he was the day he was but born what an intense conversation you would have a mother if not for me you'd have a father if not for me you'd have two children if not for me yeah, I agree. So I can see why she wants to put the bolt in him. I, I don't understand the Jamie approach so much unless it's re- related to that prophecy. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I I feel like Cersei is just, she'll do whatever she needs to do to, like, win the game. 
She's nuts. Um, but I also think that maybe maybe it was Quiburn. I always say it wrong. Kyburn. 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 I kind of feel oh, like Kyburn. maybe it's Kyburn's like plan. He's been slightly manipulative and her like kind of right hand man uh, for Cersei for a while. So he might be coming up with his own ideas and doing a little bit of little finger thing where he's like, she didn't really say this, but I'm going to act like she did. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if she did. Um, I don't know, Brent. He wants gold and castles. That's the thing. Like he, that's how. That's what he's talked about so much. Even he even complained about not getting Highgarden after Jamie threw a bag of gold in his hand. It was like I just gave you a bag of gold, and you're whining about not getting Highgarden as a castle. That's eventually going to be like taken over, and you're going to be at war with just you in this castle. Like, what are you thinking? I know. Oh, poor. I know. Poor Bron. It will be nice though to see him reunite. I predict, hopefully, at some point with. Tyrion, mm-hmm. they got to get back together, right? Like, get the band back together. Um, Do you think he's going to go north at all? I don't see that. I, I think he's a little too selfish for that. He's got it so that. good. He had like, three, you know, harlots in his bed. <laughs> he's getting this amazing offer. Like, I feel like he's got, life is pretty good for Bronn, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Cersei, though, a quick note about Cersei is I feel like it was interesting to see, I feel like Cersei's saving grace has always been her children. It's like, as crazy as she is, as vicious as she is, she cares about her family. Jamie and her children have always been her saving grace. After Tommen commits suicide, we see her take this... I mean, she had already taken a turn, but it goes dark. And it begs the question of who is Cersei without her children, which we had played out in season seven. And so I think it's very interesting to now see who's Cersei going to be without Jaime. Uh, Jaime was the last anchor. She has no anchors. There's nobody. Uh, It's a blank slate. She could do anything. You're on slid in there though, so I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of Cersei, another quiet moment, but I'm sure our super fans caught it. Cersei is drinking wine after her little tryst with Euron. Uh, in the last season, we she told she alluded that she was pregnant. We're still not sure about what that means, if it was a political play, if it's the truth. Do you guys think Cersei is really with child? And if so, Who's the daddy? Who's the daddy? No. I know you've thoughts. No, I never thought that. I thought that was something to keep uh, Jamie there and then to potentially, uh, she realized how well that worked with Jamie and then used it to manipulate uh, uh, Tyrion. Because remember, uh, Tyrion even stalling up uh, or, or, or just thought that the troops were still coming and said, now she has something to live for. So that's why the troops are coming, and I believe her. And Sansa, you're so naive. So <laughs> probably Sansa from like 3,000 miles away can read that as a uh, canard. A canard. A canard. The professor says. It's an SAT word. I hope I used it right. I love it. <laughs> Teach us something. <laughs> Tara, what do you think? It'd be a lot of great drama if it was Jamie's baby, but Euron thinks it's his, and then Euron is the one who helps save her and the land and went to war for her. Um, but they don't have DNA testing back then. So I don't I don't know. I mean, I did believe it. I was like, oh, maybe she is. And because I don't know, she's had her and Jamie. They, they've done it. They've done it. <laughs> it's season seven. They do it. They're all excited about like war and we're going to fight. And we're going to fight the dragons. And then they like do it. And they're all heated up. This is a family show. I know. What is, what is happening? What is that? What is this? Your interpretive dance. This is, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we'll see what happens, how this will play out, because Cersei clearly has some disdain for Jamie because he's left her. Euron's coming into the picture. Um, I did believe the pregnancy at first. I am now falling very suspicious of this 
pregnancy. And I just don't think it makes sense in where we are in the show. I don't think we have time to deal with, like, trimesters and a baby. Yeah. And, like, there's just too much going on. We have a war to fight. We have to get these bannermen together. Like, I just think it's too much to deal with Cersei and her <laughs> crazy pregnancy. So I'm going to say, I'm going to call BS and say that Cersei um, is not pregnant. And then we're going to see that play out. Maybe her and Jamie will have a confrontation and he'll finally say, you lied to me. What's going on? Like, I thought we were good. Who knows? Time will tell. We'll see what happens. Um, any last overall thoughts before we uh, sign off for today? Oh, I think that, uh, sorry, I just want to say it real quick. In the picture, when Arya asks um, him to make her a dagger, I feel like she's going to hide her needle on top of a dragon glass that screws in like sword, but her needle's going to be hidden in there. I don't know why that would be useful, <laughs> but that's what I think. Yeah, freeze frame that that little uh, picture she drew <laughs> where it has framing. a line where she writes dragon, dragon glass. glass. <laughs> With an arrow there, it's, it's That's for our super fans, because we did it. We were like, what is that? What does it say? We paused it, and we all got up to the screen, and we're trying to figure out what it said. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good prediction and overall thought, generally, because she's very um, pointy, or needle is uh, the name of her her weapon, her sword, and she's very attached to it. It's done a lot of damage over the last, yeah. you know, seven seasons, and it'll be interesting to see her pair that with some dragon glass, mm-hmm. potentially. It was very James Bondy going into Q, saying, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know, getting the latest device. That'd yeah. be cool if Gendry was yeah. getting a lot of cool things. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested in the previews. We see new weapons like trebuchets and uh, catapults being used. I mean, shoot out some fire, get, get some stuff going. Um, in terms of, of, of what's next, I, I think it's really interesting for being kind of a chatty episode. This was intense. This was uh, really enthralling. And I think next episode, we're going to have a lot more of the drama via action. Uh, another final thought, I, I told you I was going to bring this up. This green jacket is a shout out to uh, Tiger Woods, who today won, yes. uh, went to Augusta, Georgia and, and, and won the Maesters tournament. Cleaned up, cleaned at, up. At the Maesters. What a triumphant comeback. One would say. The Maesters. Okay, the Maesters. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing come. Today was a big day. We had the Matt Tiger and the Masters, and we had season eight, episode one of Game of Thrones. What else do you need? There's something for everybody. A lot of know? drama. Uh, Tara, any last thoughts on this episode? No, I'm just can't She's wait for shook. next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where can we find you guys? Right here next week. <laughs> What's your social media? Any handles you want to give out? Uh, I'm Tara Erickson. You guys can find me on youtube.com backslash Tara Erickson or on Instagram at Tara Erickson, Twitter at the Tara Erickson. All over. Jeremy? I'm good right here. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for watching. You can find me on all social media, especially IG, at Anna K. Thomas. We'll be back here next week for Season 8, Episode 2. Our buds, Kristen and Ryan, will be back from their amazing castle adventure. I'm sure we'll hear all about it. But, yeah, thanks for signing off, guys, and thanks for being here. We love you, and we'll see you next week. That's it. Game of Thrones. (laughs) We did it. (laughs) Yeah. I can't Our wait. founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 